This podcast was brought to you by Nature's Tree LLC, an all-natural premium CBD brand. Nature's Tree LLC was founded with the goal of giving people an all-natural alternative that will help one get through the rigorous of daily life. They aim to provide 100% all-natural pesticide-free CBD hemp products that soothes the soul. Be sure to check out the description box for a link to their website where you'll find some of their amazing products. Use the code ANXIETY for 20% off all purchases. Anxious world, what's going on, everybody? I thank you all for tuning in to another, I would say, a special episode of Anxiety About Anxiety. I have a really, really good story for you guys on this episode that I think you guys are uh, going to find very inspiring and, and very powerful. So I'm very excited to bring this one, you know, to to, to light. And so, uh, side note, if you hear a little background noise, it's because I had to find a a new location to record on this episode. Uh, my kids decided to take over my recording area uh, so they can play Fortnite. So, you know, the kids went out. So, you know, daddy had to go find a new uh, location. So if you hear a little background noise, I definitely apologize. But, you know, the show must go on. Um, I've said this several times. I had to find new locations here and there. You know, when you got kids running around. But, you know, I digress. But, yeah, moving forward, um, special episode, man, you know, um, from a gentleman named uh, Cisco Venezuela. I, I hope I said his last name right. I know I said his first name right. My apologies, Cisco. And um, it's one of those stories that I can kind of tell you a little bit about what you're going to hear. But I think you should just, you know, you should just hear it for yourself, man. It's very powerful. He's going to talk about his upbringing. And, uh, you know, like he was a uh, he's a war veteran and um, he served in uh, he did some tours over in Iraq. And he's just going to talk about, you know, how that affected him. You know, um, the things that he saw, he experienced, uh, you know, it uh, caused some PTSD and anxiety, especially when he made it, when he decided to come back home. You know, it, uh, it things got a little rough for him um, and um, he experienced, you know. Like I said, PTSD and anxiety and um, times got hard for him. But um, I think the one powerful thing that you're going to hear is uh, how he found his, how he found faith and how that, you know, finding faith was that one driving force, that, that one driving force that helped him, uh, you know, clear his mind and get in a better space. And um, it's one of those inspiring stories, man. I, I heard it and immediately I was like, I felt it. I felt his words. And I felt it in my soul. And I was like, yeah, this is this is one of those, man. And um, the things that he talk about and things that he say in this uh, recording, man, is just, man, I've been thinking about them all day. Cisco, the things that you have said in this recording, man, has been on my mind. And um, yeah, man, I appreciate it, brother. I really, really do. Um, it's been heavy on my mind and I've been thinking about, I didn't actually listen to this like four different times. That's how much it really, uh, you know, it was special to me. So once again, I, I appreciate you for doing this for me. Um, 
the title of this episode is Mother of All Bombs. Um, and you'll get the title once you listen to his story. But like I said, it's very powerful and inspirational. And, uh, you know, I can't imagine going out there, you know, being a uh, being in the military and, you know, going over there and fighting and uh, coming back home and, you know, trying to live a normal civilian life after seeing so many things. You know, I'm pretty sure it does mess up your head and it cause a lot of stress and anxiety. So, um, brother, more power to you, man. You're doing great things. You're very inspiring. And I thank you so much for doing this for me, brother. I really, really do. Um, so as far as the podcast, we're going to keep doing what we do. Inspirational stories. Being a voice in the mental health community. Like I always say. And um, I think that we're helping people out. We are. From the people that sh- share their story over the last year or so. We're doing, we, we're doing our job. We're helping people out. So let's keep doing what we're doing. Uh, anybody out there that want to share their story, you know how to get a hold of me. Anxietyaboutanxiety at gmail.com. Your voice will be heard. Your story will be heard. So um, continue to support the podcast. Rate, subscribe, download the podcast, wherever you hear it from. Um, like I said before, I got a, some new uh, T-shirts that I made. Break the stigma. That's my slogan. You know, like everybody say, break the stigma behind mental health. So I'll leave a link in the uh, description. You know, you can log on to that if you want to and see what's going on. And um, yeah, um, I'm excited to get into this uh, episode. So I'm going to throw it right to this episode. I ain't going to sit here and talk too much longer. So uh, yeah, mother of all bombs. Cisco, thank you, my brother. God bless. I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Anxiety About Anxiety podcast. What I like to call therapy for your soul. I'll holler at you. Hello, everyone. My name is uh, Cisco Valenzuela. I'm from uh, Tucson, Arizona. Uh, I got uh, the privilege and the honor to be a part of uh, this podcast by Keith, Anxiety About Anxiety. I think it's a it's an awesome uh, podcast and and what he's doing here and and helping people uh, speak for themselves and and uh, I know when he contacted me he said in in the means of doing this it, he saw it as therapy for your soul and and I think he's a hundred percent correct you know to to get someone to actually open up and to speak about what is in their heart or in their mind. At that time, is not an easy task, but he's been able to do it successfully, and 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 I'm grateful to to Keith to to give me this opportunity and the opportunity to many people to come and and just share their story. It's actually liberating. When it comes to me, you know, I I don't want to say that I'm different than anybody else. I, I think we all have our life experiences that have brought us to deal with whatever we're dealing with. Um, My experiences mostly come from uh, my time in the military. I spent four years in the Marine Corps as an infantryman, and then 16-plus years in the Army, uh, including time as a paratrooper with the 82nd Airborne, a couple different tours overseas, including... Uh, a couple tours to Iraq. But I think even my my anxiety or my insecurities came even before that. 
you know, for me, I was the first of my generation. My mom was the the oldest sibling, and I ended up being the first child. So I was the first boy, the first grandson, the first nephew, uh, almost the first American, because all my family comes from Mexico, which was, I would say, you know, a privilege to be the firstborn. But even with that, there's a lot of pressure on somebody. And me, I was born, you know, just short. I'm just a short guy, you know. I'm, I didn't make it past 5'3 uh, in height. Uh, so I've always been the shortest of, the, of my class. I've always been the shortest of any group that I've involved in. And uh, and honestly, I, I you know, just to be honest, um, that gave me a lot of insecurity. I always felt like there was something I had to prove because people always look down at me, not just in a physical sense, but I think, you know, in a, in a personal sense, uh, because even amongst uh, siblings or family that were the same age or younger, uh, I always felt like I was treated uh, less than I, I should have been because they didn't see me as mature enough, maybe. They still saw me as younger than what I was. I I don't know. So I always felt the need to to have to prove myself. And then coming up here on the south side of Tucson, uh, you really have to prove yourself. You have to prove how crazy you are, how down you are, and things like that. And, uh, you know, I was, I'm not going to say that I was like an athlete and popular in that sense in my school, but... You know, I, I, I knew a lot of people. Um, the circle I involved myself in, you know, it seemed like wherever I went, that's where the party was. It was always a good time. And I had to make it that way. There was a lot of times that I got myself into to physical altercations for trying to prove myself. And I think that was uh, one of the things that led me into the military because uh, my grandfather was a World War II vet. My biological father went into the Army uh, right after I was born. He died when I was seven months old, not related to combat or anything like that. You know, it was a, it was an accident. Uh, he was ran over by a car uh, while he was in boot camp. Um, so I never really grew up with my biological father. And then... Um, my stepfather came around when I was 10, married my mom when I was 11. Um, and and we had a decent relationship. You know, I, I, I reflect back and I think that, you know, he was trying his best. And I think for him, it was better for him to try to be my friend than to be my father. Um, so, you know, it, it was no problem getting beer from him to show off for my friends and things like that. Um, he would take me out and, and, and do things. And and that that's, you know, another story. <laughs> but when it comes to, you know, where a lot of my insecurity and my anxiety and all that came from, um, I jumped out of airplanes, which, you know, made me feel like I was a tough guy. By the time I went to Iraq in 2003, I was there for the invasion. And I was there in, with the 82nd Airborne. 
Um, and and that was a that was a rough time, you know, going in, being one of the first ones that go in. Um, there was no bases established. There was nothing there. We had to go and and, and with this huge coalition and and uh, and fight the enemy. And I seen things with my own eyes that you know stuck with me. There were times that we felt the 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 rounds flying over our heads. We heard the zipping as it passed, the cracking as it hit the whatever was behind us. Um, you know, going on patrols, finding booby traps that were set for us, being attacked, whether we're in a vehicle or uh, while we're sleeping. You know, people attacking us with, with RPGs and um, or just bombs that they planted next to our, our compound. Uh, mortar rounds dropping on us at early in the morning because they already studied our routine and knew when 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 things were getting moving and when we were half sleep still um you know picking up the remains of a body of somebody that was trying to lay a bomb for us but accidentally blew himself up it wasn't much left but we had to pick it up and take it with us so the family can come get it which if you've ever smelt burnt flesh that's that's something that never goes away. You know, seeing you know, a body that doesn't really resemble a body, something that doesn't just easily go away. And I think one one of the things that I think stuck with me the most is we were on a patrol in Baghdad in the middle of the night cuz uh well, there was a curfew in the town, so anybody that was out after the curfew, you know, was pretty suspicious. And we ended up coming up on some people, and a fight broke out, and a, an Iraqi man got stabbed in the in the face and in the in the neck. And we ended up taking him with us. We were gonna drop him off at the hospital there, and I tried patching him up the best that I could. You know, he was bleeding all over the place, and and by the time we got to the hospital, you know, he was still alive, but I believe he was going into shock because he started screaming and and just shaking. And they took him inside, and 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 he went in, and we never knew anything from that. And I was covered in this man's blood. And the next day, as I was washing off my uniform and all that, you know, it it just stuck with me, and and it stayed with me for years. You know, not knowing that if what I did for him was enough for for him to stay alive. Or if I could have done something more. And that's something that burdened me for a lot of years. You know, when, when you have to pull the trigger is another story. But then the time comes where where you make it back. Right. And sometimes you have to make life choices. Do we continue with this or do we do we go home? And I, I wanted to stay, but uh, they weren't helping me in, in getting what I wanted for me to stay. So I, did, I made a decision to to go on home. I'm just going to go to the reserve and go home and and uh, I'll find work and all that there. And 
And I think I just wasn't ready for civilian life at that time. Because it was only a year after coming back from, from Iraq, less than a year, that I was back home in Tucson trying to work, trying to live a life. And um, my mind wasn't quite there yet. I found myself as I was driving, very alert. I would see things on the side of the road, and there was like twice where I just hit the brakes because I thought it was a possible of attack and almost cause an accident. And then feeling terrible for that guilt. I, I The nightmares were, I think, some of the worst things. There's times I would, I would tremble in my sleep because I was dreaming of still being there, you know. And uh, it was driving me crazy. And that's when it was first starting to get known about PTSD and, and all this stuff. And, and um, But there was still a stigma about it. And I didn't want to get seen. I didn't want to go talk to a counselor. Um, I heard about the different prescriptions that they had. And, and, and I didn't want that. I didn't want to go because I I was afraid of what people would say if I started seeing a counselor. I was afraid that that people were going to think that I was crazy, that that I was mentally unstable, and I was I was afraid that that people wouldn't want to be around me because they they might have seen in a movie or heard of of other people about things that 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 people that that had been in war had you know, would do. And, and I, di- I didn't want that. And, uh, and I had a sister that, that had just recently gave her heart to the Lord and, and was going to church. And, and she constantly was trying to tell me about the Bible and tell me about God. And, and I, I wasn't even ready to try, trying to hear that yet either. You know, I, I came back from Iraq with more than $25,000. So I bought a new truck and, and I paid off some bills, and, and I, I just went to party. I had just about every liquor you can find in my cabinet. Cavassier, EGA, you know, whatever, E&J, everything. Um, and I just wanted to make my life a party because as long as I was partying, I didn't think about, you know, what I was dealing with. If people were around and people were laughing and smiling, then then they wouldn't notice that I was miserable on the inside. And it felt so much harder because regardless of of how many times people ask me questions about it or ask me about being in the military, I I knew they just wouldn't understand. So I'd just rather not. You know, unless it's someone that has been there and done it, you can tell someone till they're blue in the face, but they're just not going to get it. They just won't understand until unless they've been there. And I'm not saying just been there in 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 in, in combat. I'm talking about just at least being there with with the brotherhood of of, of people. You know, like my brothers that I had there uh, while I was serving. It, it's a totally different 
life. It's a totally different mindset. And then when you go through something like that, like combat uh, together with, with, with a bunch of men, you know, your relationships and your lives are never the same. You know, I, I've known so, uh, so many people that when they came back from Iraq and they stayed in the military, they kept volunteering to go back because they couldn't handle the life back in the States. You know, it's, it's, it's a totally different mindset. And uh, sad to say, some of them didn't make it back from from some of those tours. Really good men. Um, some of them back in the States couldn't handle their own uh, demons here and couldn't find the help that they needed. And they ended up taking their own lives, too. And all of that ate at me. It, it ate at me and it ate at me. And there was a time that I was contemplating going to um, see a counselor at the VA and things like that. But I just kept hearing that, you know, it wasn't good and it wasn't well. And and, and people were were waiting forever to get seen and, and it just didn't seem worth it. So I just held on I, and I just held on to the beer bottle as long as I could because that's what helped me sleep. That's what helped me cope. And it came to the point where, you know, that's that's all I wanted. I was dependent on it. So here it goes in, uh, in April 2005. I had just turned 30 the month prior. And I'm in my backyard watering my plants. I'm just reflecting on life. And I think I come into some questions that I think many of us, you know, have when it comes to life. And I was thinking, you know, I'm 30 years old now. What's what's next? Where where do I go from here? Are my next 30 years going to be like my last 30 years? And if that's so, man, that's even more depressing. And then I thought, and who can I rely on? Because everybody that I've met and everybody that I've known in some way, shape, or form is a liar too, including myself. There's people that said that they would be there for me and they weren't. I know that I said I'd be there for people and I wasn't. So I didn't even know what was true anymore. And then I thought, okay, and where does all this end? You know, what's... What's the, what's the point of it all? You know, is there really a God or are we just really, we're just born, we live and then we die and then that's it? So I was seeking direction. I was seeking validity. And I was seeking a destination. And in the middle of all that, when my mind was just running 100 miles an hour, watering my plants, I heard a voice. This voice said, everything you're looking for, you find it in me. You're looking for direction. I am the way. You're looking for the truth. I am the truth. You're looking for a destination. Well, I'm the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. 
And I thought it was just my mind playing tricks on me. But it was so real. And it was so heavy. And it was so peaceful. And that's how I knew it was real. It wasn't like a scary movie. There was peace in that voice. And I didn't know what to do next. I knew what my sister had told me and what other people had told me, but I didn't know what to do. And it just came to me. Now, whatever that voice was, wherever it came from, that's what I needed. So there in my backyard by myself, I got on my knees and I asked Jesus to come into my heart to forgive me of my sins and and to make me a new man. And in that moment, in that very moment right there, I felt a peace like I've never felt before. And I wept. I wept and I wept. It wasn't just a cry. I wept. And it seemed like the more tears that came down my face, the lighter I felt. I felt this weight just come off of my shoulders. Something that, that I had been carrying for so long. And it was just off of me now. And I just felt free. And when it was all said and done, when I cried my last tear that day, I felt a peace. And I didn't feel that night when I went to bed that I needed a beer to go to sleep. I wasn't afraid anymore that I was going to have another nightmare. Because you know what happened? From that day, April 23rd, 2005, I never had another nightmare. I never once dreamt about being in the war. The anxiousness, the nervousness, and the the depression that I felt at that time was lifted off of me. The chains that that fear brings were broken, and I felt like a free man. I actually felt not just happiness, but a joy within me. And I knew that no matter what life threw at me, I was going to be okay. I didn't know that, (laughs) that the circumstances of life just don't go away. But I knew it was going to be okay. And to me, that was like... The mother of all bombs. It, it affected me greater than anything else in my life. Because up until that point, for 30 years, for three decades, all I knew was how to party, was how to hook up, was how to sell dope, because that's what my family did. They had connections on the East Coast and down in Mexico where... You know, they did They did well. And I left for the military to try to escape all that. And now I felt like I didn't need it. A lot of the pressures and the insecurities that I had were no longer there. And I never had to see a counselor. And I never had to take a prescription. And I'm not knocking anybody who does. Because for some people, it, it, it helps. You know, it, it does help. It You know, it brings the calmness to their nerves and... And it helps to be able to talk to somebody 
you know, constantly. Um, so I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody that does that. All I'm saying is that for me, I didn't need it. I didn't need it because God had something else for me. You know, at that point in my life, even there in my backyard, I didn't know what, what I had for my life. I didn't, I didn't take advantage of my GI Bill and get an education like a lot of other people did. Being a veteran helped me get a job. I could do that with no problem. But I didn't have anything that would give me a career. And it was a struggle. But I started to read. And, and there's a lot of people that can debate what, you know, whatever they want to say about, about the Bible, of who wrote it and where did it come from. And, 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 you know, that it's not translated right or anything like that. But what I know is that what is written in that Bible, what is written in those words has what has, is what has kept me. Because it brought me to understand who God is and, and his character and, and what his desires are and what his dislikes are. And, and even in my times of struggle, because not to say that anxiety went away permanently, it, it went away and it was gone. And, and, and there's going to be and there has been times where where it tries to, you know, poke its ugly head up like a snake. But then I remember the words that were written in this Bible and that snake goes running. I read things like Joshua 1 9 that says, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Philippians 4 6 says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Isaiah 41 10 says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And one of my favorites, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And then Isaiah 54.17, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And, and that's just a little bit. There's so much more there. But it's these words and it's my time in, in the presence of God in prayer that has completely changed my life. I've been transformed. You know, I was, I was one way my whole life. And now when I tell people about how I used to live and, and the things that I've done, they don't believe it because of the transformation that's been in my life now i'm I'm very involved in my church i i preach and i teach there i i ran our recovery home i was the director of, of our recovery home for uh two and a half almost three years and it's beautiful to see people that were like myself who were just messed up lost and and bound and and, and they were chained and to see them give their life to christ and become free men and it was only through God that I found what my purpose is, is in life. And, and that's one thing that, that I strive to communicate to as many people as I can is that regardless of the circumstances of you being here on earth, you were created on purpose and for a purpose. My purpose is to tell people about the goodness of God, that Jesus loves you and that he died on the cross for you. 
and that he's right now, he's, he's alive and at the right hand of the Father. And his plans for you are perfect. He wants to change your life. He wants to take you out of that misery. I know it because I've experienced it. And now, with the experiences that I've had in my life, I find it a privilege to be able to share those experiences and and how the gospel has changed me. And I praise the Lord every day for giving me an opportunity just to speak to one person about his goodness and the blessed hope that we have in him. I I think about it. You know, I'm just a, you know, I was a, I was a skinny punk kid, a Chicano from the south side of Tucson. You know, didn't really have any hope. But God has changed my life. Now I've I've been privileged to travel the world. I've been to places like Japan, Korea, Thailand. Yes, I was in the Middle East for a couple rounds. Um, but I also got stationed in, in Brussels, Belgium, where I worked at the NATO headquarters. You know, where, where I was with high-level military and political people. Me of all people. And it's only because of the goodness of Jesus. And that's how I know that he's real. I know that the word is true. And I know that he can help anybody and everybody. One last scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. All the old has passed away and all things have become new. And that's a fact. You know, I have a, a podcast myself called Brazen Veracity where I talk about today's topics, but from the Christian perspective. So when you get an opportunity, you can find it anywhere. Brazen Veracity on, on any place where you listen to your podcast. Check it out. Um, I'm, I'm glad for this opportunity. Thank you, Keith, for giving me this chance to be able to share my story here. And, and I hope that it, it touches somebody's heart. Um, keep doing what you're doing, Keith. This is powerful and this is awesome. Um, I know that, that with what you're doing, you're changing lives as well. Let's do this together, brother. God bless you. And God bless everybody who's been hearing this.